Luke chapter 8, verse 26 through 39. Luke chapter 8, verse 26 through 29. Bear with my throat today. It's a little... Um, it's got less energy than it had yesterday, but it's still working. That's what matters. <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 29. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Good to see my grandma in the house. Love you, grandma. My precious aunts. Blessings, blessings. My sister, my brother, everybody. My nieces, my nephew. Jamming out in his chair over there. He loves him some music. My, my, my nephew Wyatt loves him some music. I mean, just, he, 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 he's the only one I know a shout laying down. Uh, when I say shout, I'm talking straight old time. You know, we need a floor. He just laid down, legs start kicking. I mean, just go straight to church. <laughs> Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 29, reads like this. Then they came to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. Now, when Jesus stepped out on land, there met him a certain man out of the, out of the town who had, who had was possessed by demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes. He lived not in a house, but in the tombs. Where did he live? In the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he raised a deep, terrible cry from the depths of his throat and fell down before him in terror and shouted loudly, what have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Why have we, what have we in common? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times he had snatched and held him. He was kept, on, uh, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and fetters. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilderness, the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he answered, legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged Jesus not to command them to depart into the abyss, the bottomless pit. Now a great herd of swine was there feeding on the hillside. And the demons begged to him, to give him leave to enter those, and he allowed them to do so, rushed down the steep cliff into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and told it to the town and the country, and the people went out to see what had occurred. And they came to Jesus, found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right sound mind. Well, that's powerful. And they, were, and they were seized with alarm and fear. And those also who had seen it told them how he had been possessed with demons and now was restored to health. Then all the people of the country surrounding the Gerasenes district asked Jesus to depart from them. They were, they were possessed and suffering with dread and terror. So he entered the boat and returned to the west side of the Sea of Galilee, but the man from whom the demons had gone out kept begging, praying that he might accompany him and be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home 
and recount the story of how many and great things God has done for you. And the man departed, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Father, we thank you for your presence, your love, your mercy that's everlasting, your word that continues on, guarding and protecting. We give you all the praise this evening. In Jesus' name, everybody says. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to use for our topic this evening territory. Amen? Somebody say, my territory. territory. Now, it's important to understand no one is going to guard your territory for you but you. Amen? So we're going to be dealing with that particular subject tonight. Um, One of the definitions of territory is a tract of land or region or district. Another definition is a field or sphere of action, a domain, a province of something. A region, a district assigned, a representative, the area that an animal would defend would be considered a definition for territory. What I'm saying today is God has given you ownership over an area that no one can fight for it but you. Somebody say, it's going to be me. God will give you the strength. God will give you the grace. But he has the expectation that you are going to guard what he gives you. And he has the standard set for the people of God saying, I've given you this. It's going to take you to keep it. I'll do the rest, but you must stand guard. So make note that territory is not just geographical. It has to do with all that God has given you, your home, your family, your mind, your soul, your destiny, finances. That's all considered territory. Therefore, these things must be guarded or the enemy will enjoy stealing and taking over, taking, destroying, causing defectiveness in the territory which God intended for you to guard and keep. And one one person said, well, isn't God our guard? Yes, he is our guard. He's our guard. But he expects us to guard what he's given us. Amen? Ephesians 4.21 says, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. The word foothold in the Hebrew deals with a secure position. Or in one translation, a firm basis for further progress of development. In other words, the enemy is always looking for a foothold. He's always looking for an opportunity to have security in your life. He's looking for an area to to stand on. You know how you have them footstools that you stand on to be elevated. The enemy's looking for something to have establishment. Whether it's something minute or something grand, he's looking for something to have security that he has secured his position in your life. You might ask, is that even possible? I'm saved. Oh, it's very possible to give the enemy room. That's why I'm very careful with things like a, like silent frustration. Have you ever had silent frustration? Frustration that you don't share, irritation that you don't talk about, things you don't say, you keep up internal, you become very introverted and don't share or don't get counsel. Before you know it, you're overwhelmed. You have all this anxiety, you have all this frustration, there's all this irritation, especially like in the home sometimes because not everybody knows how to communicate. So we hold things in and hold things in and hold things in. Before you know it, everybody's moody and everybody's grumpy. You've given the enemy some room for security in that particular area. Ain't it crazy? 
Uh, you, you know, you got to be careful for things like, uh, these are just examples, discouragement. Man, this discouragement sits on you. It'll ruin your whole day. It'll make you moody. It'll make you negative. It'll make you irritated. It'll make you mad. I mean, when, you, when, when you're really discouraged, you can be so mad, you'd you be mad at yourself. You'd be walking by the mirror and say, what are you looking at? Oh, it's just me. I'm telling you. <laughs> Some of you, so, you, you, get so, I mean, you get so angry. I mean, when you get home, everything plays dead. You, you, even the goldfish. If I, if, <laughs> if I play dead, he might not look at me. There's areas of our life, if we're not careful, the enemy will have a footstool on it. He will have security in that area, and he'll stay right there without having to go any further. He'll take one piece at a time and say, I'm going to sit on this place right here. These frustrations, these irritations, they cause, they, they cause attitudes, they cause moods. And the problem is you begin to look at everything through the avenue of that. Or let me say it like this. All of life begins to travel through the filter of what you're feeling. Meaning, no matter what comes your way, you pass it through your emotions. Rather than taking it through the eyes of God, you pass it through how you feel. It has to move through the filter of your feelings, of your understanding, and before you know it, you find yourself not being able to receive anything because inside you've given the enemy some space. I want you to know today, we are at war for a territory, for your family, for your children, for your future, for what belongs to you, for the steps that are ahead of you. So this is not time to sleep. Although some of you are very tired. I can see it on you. I saw you nod already. I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, uh, this is not time to sleep. I'm talking about life in general, nor give up. It's not time to sit on our hands. It's not time not to move. This is the time to believe in 1 John 4, 4, that he who lives in us is mightier and greater than he who lives in the world. This is the moment and this is the season that we stand strong, that we stand bold and say, this is what you've given me, God. I'm going to fight for it like I lost my mind. I'm going to do whatever it takes to protect, to keep, to own. No wonder the Bible says to gird your loins with truth. You, usually when they use that scripture, they use it in the area of, of living a moral lifestyle in terms of immorality or sexuality, not knowing that one of the definitions or one of the translations of guarding your loins deals with your future. And it says to guard it with truth. In other words, God holds you responsible to guard what he's given you and what belongs to you by way of what he's going to do with the truth of the word of God. Therefore, you have ownership and responsibility versus sitting around and not doing anything and watch yourself lose everything God intended for you to have. We must be bold. We must be strong. Somebody say, I'm bold and strong. And here we have Jesus who is crossing over the Sea of Galilee to get to a town that he's never visited. And suddenly this storm arises, causing the waves to crash against the boat and Oh, the disciples are there, and everyone's afraid, and everyone's scared. Now, at first glance, you think it's just coincidence. It's a storm. I mean, uh, 
anytime you basically, your transportation has to do with mainly boats and ships, you can expect to have issues with the water, with the weather. However, the words of Jesus that he chooses to, that we're going to talk about a little bit, the words of Jesus that he uses here in this time of transition from one place to the next makes me wonder whether or not it was natural coincidence, it was really something it was really something supernatural. When I say supernatural, there was, some, there was an entity tied to it. So, as I said, now at first glance, you think that the storm was just coincidence, considering that the lake lies in the Jordan Rift Valley, surrounded by hills. But the words of Jesus when the storm comes, in Luke 8, 24, it says it like this. It says, he being thoroughly awakened, censured, blamed and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Now, that word rebuke in the word comes from the Greek word epitomeo, which means reprove or to censure. Jesus used the exact same word rebuke in Luke 4.39 in rebuking a fever. Mark records that when Jesus talks to the waters, the winds, the waves, that he says, quiet, be still, which is translated, sapeo means keep silent, say nothing speak or famu, we get the word also muzzle from. So Jesus says to the winds and the waves, put a muzzle on it. Crazy, huh? His choice of words. If it were just winds and waves, just, you know, one word or done. But he used a specific rebuke. It changes the understanding of the situation which tells you it was more than just a storm. The funny thing is the storm showed up when he began to expand his territory. The storm showed up when he began to go places that were outside of his norm. Jesus moved from one side of the next, and others came. When I say he moved, he, he went to, to not to reside there in terms of home residence, but he went to go to a whole other place, a whole other town, a whole other city, and there was a stirring. I find, it, I find it crazy. Have you noticed the enemy likes to attack when you start expanding your territory in terms of witnessing and ministering? I mean, as long as you're just coming to church and, you know, get your little praise on, you go home, you don't talk to nobody, don't spend time with nobody, don't minister to nobody, don't help nobody, don't talk to your neighbors. It's all good. But the moment you start ministering the gospel, the moment you start sharing with your family, man, Jesus loves you, the moment you start sharing your testimony, he starts attacking you. Because now you have become a weaponry for the kingdom. Now you're not just like, you know, we have these, what, what do you call it, tripods. We have these tripods and the phones or the cameras are on these tripods. Uh, in other words, you've become more than just a tripod sitting here. You've now become a, a weaponry. You've become a tool for the kingdom to make something happen. And the enemy will always attack people who make things happen. The enemy will attack people who move because he can't, he can't just allow you to do what you want. However, in the process of the attack, you have to know that the hand of God is on you. And as we shared earlier, greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. <sighs> we are under an attack for a reason. If you're, Some of you right now are under attack and you're wondering what is going on. Guess what? The enemy does not like your heart for God. The enemy does not like that you pray. The enemy does not like that you come to services. The enemy does not like that you support or you're, that you're on the praise team or you're being involved or you have opportunity for servitude or you're involved in the nursery. The enemy does not want you connected and moving so he will attack you. The great thing though is we have nothing to worry about. We are covered by the hand of God. We are 
covered. The winds might come. The waves might come. The storm might come. But in the middle of it all, we get to say, put a muzzle on it, devil. I don't have time to listen to you. We have to know how to do what Jesus did. In the middle of it all, say, put a muzzle. Shh, fumu, be quiet. I don't have time to listen to your intimidation and to listen to what you have to say. Why is it that we always lend our ears to the enemy? We lend our ears to all that is wrong. We lend our ears to all that is frustrating. And in the middle of it all, somewhere the enemy will hook us and we'll get discouraged and we'll get depressed and we'll feel the oppressor not knowing that God has given us the tools that we need to be more than conquerors. Somebody say, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, I feel the presence of God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but it's time for someone tonight to serve notice on the devil and say, this is my home. This is my life. You cannot have it. We're blessed. We're graced. Oh, I feel the presence. Say, come on, say, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. A conqueror is somebody that overcomes somebody that has the same strength and they're able to, to overcome them and, and overthrow them. But more than a conqueror is someone that don't even have to fight. He just says, come down and they come down. Fall and they fall. <laughs> a conqueror will put them to the knees. More than a conqueror just sits back and say, get on your knees and it falls to the knees. That us. We have the privilege of being more than conquerors where God has already given us the victory. Jesus comes to this country of the Gerasenes, opposite Galilee. And he steps out on the land. And there he is met, the Bible says, by a certain man of the town who was possessed by demons. A man who for a long time had worn no clothes and he lived not in the house but amongst the tombs. Here we have a man possessed and tormented, naked, exiled. The demons had caused him to beat and cut himself with rocks and he was unrestrainable and kept under guard. So they sent out of the town. He was sent away. People feared him. They were afraid and he lived amongst the tombs. Somebody say he lived amongst the tombs. He lived amongst the dead. He, made, he lived amongst places that there was no life. Uh, you... you when, the enemy loves to draw people to places where there is no life. He wants to send you among places that there is no, there is no functionality. The scripture says that when the enemy comes out or comes out of someone, he looks among or he goes amongst dry places looking to be involved or looking to find someone where he can become established. Dry, somebody say dry places. Dry places, a place where there is no life, a place where people are discouraged, a place where there is no movement the enemy will draw you to lifeless places. He wants you to have no spontaneity. He wants you to have no, no thriving. He wants you to be someone who has no life. He wants you to live amongst the tombs like this man. Listen, you don't have to be tormented by demons to be tormented. You can be perfectly fine and be tormented. You, you, you can be in church and be tormented. You can be lifting your hands and be tormented. You can be working for the kingdom and be tormented and not sleep and, and, and be harassed in your mind and your thinking where you're, you're mean to everybody because you are completely tormented and you find yourself living, living amongst things that have no life, no dreams, no desires, no passions. You don't want to pray. You don't want to spend time with God. You don't want to read your word. You have become dry in your pursuit for the presence of God. It is one of the enemy's goals to take you to a place where you are dry. 
But when Jesus steps out of the boat, steps on the land, the the demon-possessed man came out, falls before him. Now, some believe that he fell down and worshipped Jesus. I'm not totally, I totally agree with it. I'll tell you what I do believe. Let's read Luke 8, 28. It said, and when, G- and when he saw Jesus, he raised a deep cry from the depths of his throat, fell down before him in terror, shouted loudly, what have you to do with me? Jesus, son of the most high God. Man, there's recognition right there. It's powerful. What have we in common? He says, I beg you, do not torment me. The word common means belonging to equality or share alike. What have we in common? Because the truth is that the authority that Christ carried, the truth is it was so dynamic and his presence was so powerful that the demonic realm had no choice but to buckle. Uh, like I said, some believe that he worshipped. However, I've never known the demonic principality to worship. I have, no th- I have known them to have no choice but to submit to the enemy. And to submit. And then he says, what do we have in common? Why are you here? What do we have in common? In other words, you're so much greater than I. They acknowledge the power of our living Savior. And he falls to his knees screaming in discomfort and wailing because of the authority of the and the, because of the authority of God. Jesus asks, what is your name? And of course, you know the story. The legion, he speaks out. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. M- military unit of legion deals with five to six thousand soldiers. Now, the word legion doesn't just mean numbers. The word legion deals with training. The word legion deals with Uh, having an an angle. The word legion deals with unity. The word legion deals with a stride because the uh, soldiers at that time when they came amongst the thousands, they marched the same. They walked the same. They had the same strides. They had the same, uh, they they, they moved their swords the same. There were others that were maybe more talented with a sword, but they all trained the same. They all had the same goal. Therefore, when when we're coming against, listen, when we're coming against the demonic principality and you deal with the demonic and the demonic is very real, when you deal with the demonic, you're not dealing with people that fight amongst themselves. You're not dealing with spirits that argue with each other. You're dealing with spirits that they, they, they march the same. They have the same flow. They have the same feel. They have the same goal. They have the same thoughts. In other words, they're all marching towards the exact same thing. And the enemy does not care. He does not care about what happens to you. In fact, when he cries out to Jesus, Jesus says, look. I'm going to, I'll go ahead and send you into these pigs because they ask permission, remember? It says, don't ca- cast us out of the man, but don't cast us out of the region. We want to stay here. Then scripture says, of course, he says he gives them the green light to go in the pigs. Here's my point. What is funny is they're willing to leave the man, but they weren't li- willing to leave the territory. They were willing to leave the man, but they were not willing to leave the territory. I want to stay in the area. I like this area. What is about the enemy that he'll stay in a generation, stay around a family, he'll jump off one cousin and get on the next? It's okay. 
The enemy never minds leaving a person. It's when he has to leave the area, the territory that disrupts him, because that is the territory he wants to remain amongst. That's why you can have a family that has... Have, have you ever heard the word generational curses? I'm not a firm, solid believer in generational curses. What I am a firm believer in is demonic territory and how the enemy will stay amongst family. I mean, it'll be on your granddaddy and jump on your daddy. It'll jump off your daddy and go right to you. You jump off you, go to your kids. Jump off your kids, go to the cousin. Jump off that cousin, go to the nephew. Because he wants to stay in the family. Have you ever noticed that? When when you can't shake certain things off your family. It's like, why are we going through the same things all the time? What is it about our situation or our family? And you begin to try to find out, maybe because of him or maybe because of him or maybe because of that, not knowing that it has been an enemy who has moved out to assassinate your family and he's jumped from one person to the other, staying in the territory. But what I am grateful for is the Bible says that Jesus still rebuked that thing, and he had no choice. This, the, the demonic had no choice but to leave. You must understand the authority that you have. You have the authority to claim salvation over your home. You have the authority to claim salvation over your family. You don't have to just sit back and look at the enemy run your territory and run your family and run your marriage. You have the authority to take charge and say in the name of Jesus, you have to go. Every spirit of suicide, every spirit of alcoholism, every demonic principality, you got to go. There is no room for you here. You have no power here. Go be. You have to have the authority, but you have to desire it. It's got to be something that you want. It's got to be something that you're hungry for. It's got to be something that you want in your mind and in your soul to make the declaration and not be satisfied and not be complacent and to accept just your situation and use those famous words that get on my nerves. It is what it is. Have you ever heard that? It is what it is. I, well, I'm going through it. It is what it is. I'm broke. It is. Man, why does it always have to be is? Why can't you overcome the is with the power of our Savior? You have what you need. God did not leave you on this earth without some type of authority. God did not leave you here with weakness and being a coward. We're not called to be animals who has our leg between our tails and is running away or pretending like it's not there. Stop pretending. Stop like everything's okay Christians have become the best actors on the planet like you ain't got no problems like you ain't got no mood and no attitude get over yourself and call upon the name of Jesus and say God I need to fight for my territory come on somebody say territory Oh, when I say the word territory, I'm not just talking about land here. I'm talking about your mind. I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about your future. I'm talking about the plan and the will of God. Because the enemy's not just after you. He's after your purpose. He's after your will. He's after what God wants to do in your life. And he can fight you before you get there. He can steal your purpose. But I dare someone to stand above just like Jesus and tell the devil put a muzzle on it you have no power in my home put a muzzle on it you got no power in my marriage put a muzzle take your life serious 
Hallelujah. I apologize. I got excited. Refuse to be. You got to refuse to be denied. You got to refuse it. It's time to stop. Oh, I want to be careful how I say this. Some of you think the devil's playing with your family. He ain't playing with you. You think he's playing until he socks you in the mouth, walking around with a spiritual busted lip and busted eye, come in church, you know, or win the saints, come dragging in, you know, you know, being part of the chosen frozen. And the words of my kids, let it go, let it go. I mean, we think he's playing. I mean, we think he's playing, but he ain't playing with you. The enemy is not playing with you. So we have to take our life serious. We have to know that we know that God has a purpose, God has a plan, but it's going to take you to guard it. You cannot leave yourself open to destruction. You have to know how to guard, keep everything God has given you. Because you're too blessed to always feel the way you feel. You're too blessed to be in the condition that you're in. Some of you have allowed the enemy to reign your territory. You've allowed the enemy. But today, in the name of Jesus, today is the day that we make the decision to say no more. I refuse. And you have to refuse it. And you have to catch it early. We like to let time pass by. We, 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 we want to wait till we're going to get a divorce to come see marriage counseling. We, we wait till we find out that our children are on drugs. We have to find a heroin stick inside of their room to take it seriously. We, we don't pay attention to the little details. We, we want to wait till there's no more hope. Then we call the pastor. Pastor, I'm going through. We know you're going through. We can tell. You've been going through for months. But it took you forever to come around the corner and say, oh, we, we need help. There's no reason to give the enemy footstool in your life. No reason to give the devil room for establishment. Kick him out. Pack his bags. You got to go. Give him an eviction notice. You don't live here anymore. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Hands lifted all over the place today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we honor your presence tonight. This is the presence of the Lord is in this place right now. My goal this evening was not to get an amen out of you. My goal this evening was to stir you. To stir you into combat. My goal tonight was to help you pick a fight. Stop walking around like a princess all the time. Put on your combat boots. Put on your war paint. Get serious about your generation. Get serious about your purpose. Become locked and loaded. Take your neighborhood for Jesus. 
How many times have you knocked on your neighbor's home and said, hey, man, you want to come to church today? Or are you waiting for the pastor to pull together an evangelical team and hit the city all at the same time? It's a wonderful thing. How many times does anybody even know in your neighborhood? I mean, you've got a whole neighborhood that's probably never heard this gospel. Not the way we know it. What is it about other religions that don't jump on a bike, go from house to house, unashamed, don't care, full of boldness? Yet we who have truth won't even lift a finger to buy a hamburger and say, hey, listen, can I share Jesus with you? This is our territory. This city, you have to take ownership over this city and say, God, this is yours. We're going to fight for it. I feel the presence of God today. Our schools, our kids, there's confusion everywhere. Confusion. Confusion on homosexuality. Confusion on what we believe. Confusion. What is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is incorrect. And we're going to cross our legs and show up to church and do nothing about it? I don't think so. When I got here, they said, Pastor, this is home. So if you don't mind, I'm talking like it's home. He said, we're family. So I'm talking like we're family today. Something's happened. I feel the stirring. All over the place today. Jesus, we worship you, Jesus. Let there be a stirring today. Let there be a stirring today. We honor you tonight, God. Fight for your territory. Fight. Don't let the enemy use. Don't let, no, 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 no. Fight for your mind. Fight to keep it together. Fight to hold it together. Fight to secure your hope. Fight to secure your faith. Fight to secure your passion. Fight to secure your fervency. Fight, fight, fight. Don't just lay down and crawl and let the war take its own and just see what happens at the end. No, no, no. Be a part of it. Pick the fight. Be a part of the combat. Don't wait till they pop you in the mouth. Then you have to wake up. No, no, no. It's too late after that. Be in it. Be in the midst. After all, you're guarded. After all, you have a protector like none other. After all, you have the Savior, the King, the one and true God with you. Greater, greater is he, greater is he, stronger is he, more powerful is he than that which is in the world. That means he's greater than every demonic activity. That means he's greater than any spirit. That means God is greater than anything you can face. And he is suffice, he is sufficient for the task that you are facing. Jesus, we worship you. Listen, tonight, I want to encourage you. If your family is here, and perhaps you don't have family, not sure, or you, your family may not be here tonight. If you're here today, we want to pray with you. We want to come into agreement with you for your territory. 
So this is what I'm asking. Because we, we've got plenty of time. I would like to invite you to the altar. If you're married, bring your spouse. Your family's here, bring your family. If you're single and you, maybe you don't have no family, bring yourself. And when you come to the altar, bring your territory with you, your mind, your heart, your dreams, your desires. Some of you wanted to own your own business and you got discouraged and you stopped. Some of you wanted to have a shop or open a restaurant and you never did it because you were scared, you were afraid, or you didn't have any support, you didn't have any people to help you. You have the helper of all helpers. No one's going to fight for it but you. No one's going to fight for your children but you. No one's going to fight for your home but you. No one's going to fight for your marriage but you. We might help you and, and direct you and try to give you clarity, but no one could do it but you. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Fight. Fight in the spirit. Pray. Pray. Your home, your brothers, your sisters, your kids, your finances, your mortgage, your home. Jesus. Provision. 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 Tired of losing cars and getting evicted and can't buy your own place it's right now we fight for what is ours fight for the financial breakthrough Jesus we worship you thank you Jesus listen I'm gonna go around and praying for some of you I'm not sure who who uh, pastor has people praying as well whoever's part of the prayer team do, do what y'all do in other words but I'm gonna go around praying for some of you Pastor Josh is going to be ministering and worshiping the Lord and, and, and guiding us into worship. I'm going to go around and some of you, I'll give you a prophetic word. Others of you, I'm just going to pray with you. Tonight's your night. Listen, tonight's your night. Woo, I feel it. Jesus, tonight is your night. Tonight's your night for breakthrough. Tonight's your night to break past discouragement, to break past frustration. Some of you are silently frustrated nobody knows that you're in pain nobody knows that you're mad nobody knows that you're bitter nobody knows that you're angry no one knows but tonight things break off you right now right now we speak it to break off 